In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, it says this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today's episode is called Belonging. Here's Senior Pastor Perry Duggar. Today's message is entitled Belonging, and specifically, I'm talking about belonging to Brookwood Church. Theme verse, you can take out your program. Your outline has the verse right at the top. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. And it says, all of you together are Christ's body. So are you Christ's body by yourself? No, you're part of it. Each of you is a part of it. See, Christianity was not designed to be lived alone. It functions best in community. We need relationships. We need relationships to develop spiritually, but we also need relationships to develop emotionally and even mentally. Romans 12, look at this one. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, which is the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now, how do you like that statement? That means you belong to me and I belong to you. And yet we live in this world that says, don't you dare ask me that. Don't, don't you judge me, don't ask me any questions, don't you butt into my business. Well, is that the standard of behavior in the church? No. In fact, we are not functioning as a body if we leave each other well enough alone. If we don't answer the hard questions and offer the needed encouragement. We're interdependent. So as we begin, are you interdependent in this church? Who is involved in your life and whose life are you involved in? These past two years, have isolated many of us, haven't they? You know, I would like for us to start reversing that trend. The effect of being separated has lingered with some of us and it's caused some of us to be hesitant, cautious, fearful of other people's germs. Y'all, you just need some grandchildren. <laughs> Leanne and I get all kinds of bugs because there are four of them that, that will readily share what they've acquired. But here's what I want to do. And you can get mad if you want to get mad. But go outside and yell it. I want you to begin by greeting one another. Right now, just greet one another. You don't have to kiss, you don't have to hug. Boy, y'all are taking to that very well. Now don't go too far, don't embarrass anybody, but a little, a little kind, a kind touch on the sleeve, a look in the eye, a kind word. We need to 
remove some of this distance. Well, people got sick. Yes, we lost some people we loved. So take C and D and zinc and, you know, take your um, medications and stuff and stay well. But we need to get back to being a family. This morning, I'll also introduce our proposed 2023-22-23 ministry plan, what we call our budget if you're new here. And this supports what God wants to do in and through each of us who are part of this body, who belong here at Brookwood. The ministry plan, it can be viewed in the app if you have it downloaded or you can download it now. It's also on the website. If you want a printed copy, you can get one at the information desk as you leave. But I want to focus most on the benefits of belonging to a church, but in particular this church. And then we'll see how we support the functions of this church through our funding, through our giving. The first benefit of belonging is encountering God. Now, who in here thinks you need a greater awareness of God? Let me see. Who thinks they need a greater aware? Well, how, how about this? How, would you like to have a deeper intimacy with God? Would you like to have the mind of Christ? I think all of us do if we're honest, if we're aware. And few of us work or attend school in atmospheres where there's a continual reminder of the reality of God. So it's our church activities, our involvement here that helps to refocus our attention, to return our minds to God and to his word and to his truths. And as we gather, we experience the spiritual presence of God as we worship. Have you experienced this morning? Look at Psalms 34. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Well, why do we need each other? Can't you experience God individually? Not in the same way not with the same magnification, not with the same power. But sure, of course you can experience God individually if you're born again. But when we gather together, our collective knowledge of God, and when I say knowledge, I don't mean cognitive information. I'm talking about personal experience. For that's what the word know actually means in the Greek origin and in the, and in the Hebrew. So we bring in here and we gather our collective experience with God, particularly in this past week. And we express what God has done and is doing as we join our voices together to praise him. That's why there's something present in this room that you can discern. It's tangible. It's the presence of God. Some feel it when they walk on the campus. Because see, we don't have performers here. We have good musicians, excellent vocalists, but they're worshipers. And they're selected to lead worship, not to perform songs. As we 
praise God with our voices. His name is magnified. And as we magnify God, we actually lift up and encourage each other. Some of you today may be discouraged. You might be depressed. But in the presence where we gather, you're lifted up. Maybe you're down today, but the person beside you has had a great experience with God. And we gather together. We join our spirits with one another as we worship. John 4. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. See, I think when the American church was popular so that everybody went, I'm not sure that verse was always true. But I can promise you it's true today. The time is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father's looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And what that means is you really can't worship God unless you possess the Holy Spirit. And how do you possess the Holy Spirit? You're born again. And it's the spirit in you that engages in that worship with God. And our worship is guided by his truth, by biblical truth. So we sing words that are theologically and biblically correct. And we praise him for those things he's promised and the things he's carrying out in our lives right now. Brookwood believes in an inspired Bible. And because it's inspired, it's authoritative over our lives. And it's applicable to our personal situations and circumstances in practical ways. Boy, this is essential in our culture today, isn't it? There was a time, some of us that are a little bit older, remember a time when you went to school and what the teacher said was usually consistent with biblical truths. And we read the Bible and we prayed. And, and I don't know that that was evangelistic as much as it was just there was a presence of the truth of God and the reality of God, even in the public school. But it's essential that we know the truth of God, that we possess the spirit of God, especially now as our culture grows increasingly more corrupt. Does anybody dispute that? There was a time when our institutions were reliable and appeared at least moral. I'm not sure it's easy to find an institution in our culture today that's reliable and moral. I can tell you I'm surprised at the judgments I see coming out of um, either the Justice Department or, or different judges on the bench throughout the country. It's astounding to me. And we see it all over the place and the things that are taught in our schools, in our colleges, but even in our elementary schools and high schools. And so since our culture 
is becoming more corrupt. We need to know God by His Spirit. And we need to have a grasp of His truth so we know where are the lines. Not, not to carry a banner, not to beat a drum, not to scream and shout, but sometimes to just say, no, that's too far. No, this isn't correct. And we need to teach our children. Our children can be born again as well. Children can know Christ at very young age, ages, but they need to be taught because you can't sit in the desk beside them all day. In fact, most of you won't fit. This year, this year, I will teach, and teaching's part of worship as well, but I will teach about spiritual warfare from Ephesians chapter 6. You can start reading that, verses 10 through 20, because I think it's, it's overdue for us to learn to recognize the devil's hand in the situation around us. In the winter, I, I'll... I'll Teach us how to know God's, by God's promises and to receive his power from the life of Joshua. In the spring, I'm going to go through some things I've taught before and, and hopefully sharpen again and delve into some new areas about learning how to discern God's voice, how to hear what he's saying to us so that we act on it. And also, of course, I'll, I'll teach Christmas and Easter series as well. I mean, that's what I do when I'm gone. I see some of y'all in the food line, you go, well, you enjoying your vacation? <laughs> I don't know if you think these, these sermons just pop in my head or what, but it, maybe somebody, but not me. It takes a lot of prayer and a lot of, a lot of study, and I still fast every week on Tuesday. But regarding our ministry plan funding in this area of worship, we communicate with God through worship. And it comprises 17% of our total budget, $1.3 million. And this amount funds all of our worship bands. If you're not aware, there's numerous worship bands that play here. There are, there are worship bands in children's ministry and student ministry. There's worship bands in Celebrate Recovery. And it pays for the production, which includes also the, you know, the, the technical purchases, but also the staffing that operates all of this production services. And it happens all over this campus. It also happens online, as well as the salaries and the benefits for pastors and staff who are involved in those areas. But it isn't done all by paid people. We rely on over 160 volunteers so let me urge you, take a step forward. Maybe that's a place you should be involved. And I want to encourage all of you at home, if you're not sick, come on back. I know that sofa's comfortable, but come where the Spirit of God can be experienced and felt. Another benefit of belonging. Well, y'all well, clap, but call them up and say, I'm coming to get you. I'm telling you what, some of this passivity needs to go. Help some people get out of the house. Now, we're not talking about people that are ill, of course. Another benefit of belonging is encouraging growth. We grow spiritually through discipleship. The word disciple means learner. And we have discipleship for all ages, 
for children, for students, and for adults. You know, most of our adults and our students gather in, um, they, they, they gather in community groups and they grow in, in gatherings that are centered around understanding and applying the Bible to our lives. Of course, there's some socializing and there's some snacking in most of these houses. And there's an expanding number of community groups. There's over, over 1,100 people participated last year, just adults. But there's room for you. There's room for you to sponsor a group or join a group. But there's also classes and seminars as well as large group gatherings that occur here on our campus. We grow best connected with others. Have you noticed that? You know, when I'm just thinking inside my own head, I think all of my opinions are right. <laughs> Anybody else like that? I think what I think about everything is correct. But somehow when I enter my doorway, there's somebody there that doesn't always agree. She's not very big, but she's tenacious. But we grow best with others because we hear different people's perspectives, different people's perspectives on the Bible, because each of us approach the Bible with our experiences, with our understanding. And so we see different shades of meaning in the scripture, which does apply to us all, but it's richer when we hear from each other. And you know what? It fleshes out who God is better. My soul experience with God is going to be pretty narrow unless I hear yours as well. What has God said to you? What has God shown to you about himself? All of us need spiritual friends. And those are people who are interested, invested in our lives and interested in our growth. These are people who are ready and willing to provide encouragement when it's needed, but sometimes confrontation. Folks, if we're gonna grow, none of us can be cowardly. None of us need to be critical or overbearing, but we have to help each other's grow. Remember, you belong to me and I belong to you. And so if I see something that I can encourage you about, which may mean confront you about, or if you see somewhere I'm slipping up, then if you care about me, you owe it to me to help me. So listen, no more of this, how dare you say anything to me. That's out of bounds in this church. But we gently, kindly approach each other. That's love. That's what love looks like. This year, we'll continue to offer Essentials, which is our core discipleship program. We'll offer it fall and spring. 130-some-odd people completed it last year. Plus, we'll have many new classes and also seminars, one on hearing God, another one sharing the gospel through your story. That's how you tell it. You don't have to know 50 verses to share the good news. Just tell what God has done in your life. No one can challenge your experience, can they? We'll also have an adult ministries leader development track. For children, Adventure Week returned last year. 
Over 500 people, volunteers and kids showed up and I expect it to expand again next summer. We have one camp, the older high schoolers and the middle schoolers, we learned like, like, like each other. And they like to go to camp together and learn together. And so we'll continue that. There's also a new ministry for fourth and fifth graders that will meet in the chapel every Sunday morning. What we learned is, you know, kids mature at a different rate now than they used to. I was in elementary school to the seventh grade. You say, well, you needed to be there till the ninth, but maybe, maybe, but, but now fourth graders are kind of don't fit in with the first, second, and third. So we pulled the fourth grade out. Fifth graders and fifth graders' parents are a little intimidated dropping off at South Campus. So we're pulling fourth and fifth graders together and they'll be in the chapel on Sunday morning. Our rec program continues. Remember, it's not to develop athletic skills. It's to deepen faith and encourage people through relationships with other believers around common interests and activities, teams, and also camps. Over a thousand people participated there last year. Belonging to Brookwood also promotes spiritual growth by providing you an opportunity to discover your unique spiritual gifts. You know what yours are? Does everybody know what theirs is? Yes. You know how they used to do those surveys? You ever filled out one of those? And you'd figure out what your spiritual gifts, it was kind of like the Zodiac to me. I don't know, I don't know if they made medallions and you could hang it around your neck or not, but I don't know if that's really the way spiritual gifts work. What the scripture really says is that God will give you a gift to function in the church with others. And it could be a different church, a different gift for a different situation and different circumstances. But what it tells you is that God supplies what's needed. And so what is God giving you and where should it be utilized? Because you have a promise that he's gifting you. But we also have talents and abilities. And God's called us to utilize these gifts in the service of each other through the church. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew. What does that mean? How does he create you anew? Through being born again. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, some of us think we're born again just so we go to heaven and that's the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. He's regenerated you so he can use you in the lives of others to carry out his will for his purpose. So are you being used? How are you being used? We've added new staffing in the area of discipleship this year. Stuart Mathis came as assistant discipleship pastor. And just recently, Linda Seeley came as our new women's director. In the coming year, we'll continue our, part our partnership in the Brookwood Church, but also in our community for the, for the larger foster care community. And this involvement also includes, we've gotten a, a wonderful thing has happened. And we have obtained permission to teach a court-approved, biblically-based 
training course or curriculum that satisfies court requirements for families with children involved in the foster care system. So they'll let us share the gospel to those who are involved in the foster care system. This is a wonderful thing. That's worth an applause. So we connect with other Christians through discipleship, through recreation. That comprises over a third of our ministry funds, of our budget, 35%, $2.6 million. Belonging also helps when we're enduring difficulties. How many of you ever encounter problems? Have troubles? Anybody have troubles? How about illness? You ever been ill? Ultimately, we all face death. Unfortunately, some face death in this past two years period. But belonging to a church family can provide support for such difficult days. Galatians 6 2 says this share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. That's the law we're called to obey. Not so much the Ten Commandments. That's been fulfilled in Christ. But we're called to this one. So whose burdens are you bearing? And who's helping you bear your burdens? Our church family, and that includes our community groups, they understand that part of our purpose, you know, these community groups, it's not just to sit in a circle and gain information. It's to to learn that we can go and dispense care. And so we understand that part of our purpose is to provide help for each other in hard times. I think, I don't have a verse, I think growth happens best in hard times. I might go as so far as to say growth happens only in hard times. It certainly happens better and more in hard times. But see, how many, of you, how many of you were born here in this Greenville area? How many of you were born? Raise, raise them. There's, there's a few, a smattering, but most of you were not. So you don't have family here. You don't have lifelong friends here because you didn't grow up here. So we need each other. And let me just say, showing up for church occasionally will not provide you a family to surround you and support you in a crisis. They won't know how to approach you. They may not even know what's going on. You know, in my history, I've heard people who were very upset that no one came to their aid and they weren't in a group and they didn't tell anybody and they didn't show up and they didn't give the information anywhere. Lisa's the recipient, but sometimes they... We don't have any way to know, do we? But if we know our people rush to help in many, many different ways, but but you have to extend yourself. You have to be willing to connect with some others. You have to become a little bit vulnerable, a little bit transparent. But I promise you, people will walk with you. Boy, you have demonstrated it so graphically so clearly to our family in this past almost two years now in Graham's life. 
as, as Graham has had his struggles and his mother and his uh, father, you folks have prayed. I mean, I don't go anywhere that you don't ask about Graham. And some of you say, I'm sorry to interrupt. You bless me when you ask about my grandson and tell me that you're praying for him. We're still believing God's working and we're still fasting and we're praying. And many of you, many of you have taken meals. I mean, even up to the present and others have given funds. You have loved my family so well. But you know what? What I've experienced is not unique for this body. This body stands ready to sacrifice for each other. But you got to allow us to help you. Our care ministry as a staff offers many different kinds of aid. This past year we had healthy you gatherings, hugs is the acrostic. And they dealt with communication, anxiety, depression, grief, anger, and forgiveness. And we do some practical things. Sometimes we repair people's porches. There was also a car cl care clinic for single women or for, for single mothers in partnership with women's ministry. In the coming year, we'll offer Reboot, which is a support group for veterans that'll be facilitated by veterans. And there are many, many different kinds of support groups offered and counseling and financial care and marriage assistance. Celebrate Recovery is ongoing for people dealing with hurts, habits, and hangups, and the landing for students. And we also have groups that will pray for whatever your needs are in an intercessory way. We care for others at Brookwood through our care and serve ministries. It comprises 17% of our budget, $1.3 million. Belonging to others, also enables us to engage in extending the gospel. The most precious gift you can give someone is explaining how that person can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. How he or she can find forgiveness, relief from guilt and shame and receive a future in heaven. And each of us has the privilege and also the responsibility of being a bearer of good news. As I said earlier, you don't have to have 15 verses memorized. You just need to know your story. I was blind and now I see. And no one can dispute your experience. That's what's most persuasive. So who have you told? And has God used your story to change someone's life. Regenerations by the Spirit. You can't regenerate anyone, but God uses as an essential tool our communication of good news. And then His Spirit illuminates it in people. Look at Romans 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Who are you telling? How many of you would like to have someone to tell? No, tell me. I want to see your hands if you would like to have. Okay, ask God. Ask God to give you someone. And he'll show you someone. But it's probably someone you don't like. Because he's going to work in you 
as he works through you. But see, we don't live in a day where everybody knows the gospel. Maybe when some of us were children, that that was true. It is not true today. And there are many places, and maybe it's the place you work, that your coworkers may not be able to identify a single authentic Christian, especially one who can explain his or her faith. Our church is involved in reaching people for Christ locally, but also throughout the world. One of the special groups that we reach here locally is our special friends ministry. It's through our special friends ministry. Because you know what? There are people that have some difficulties, physical difficulties, mental, emotional difficulties, but they still have a perfect eternal soul. And God still regenerates. And so we have a loving, wonderful ministry to children with special needs. In fact, we expanded the space they use by a couple of new rooms because we want to minister to these these kids and their families. And we partner with local organizations to provide support in the community. You know, if you have never seen it, drop by up there and and see what Angie Padgett and her volunteers are doing. It's It's a uniquely wonderful ministry in this community. And if you know a family with special needs, start with them. They may be the ones for you to to reach first and show them a place where their child will be loved and will it be explained the gospel. You say, well, they don't really like church. Then let them sit outside. They can at least get some rest for an hour or two. We're not too hard about that here. Y'all know that. Abroad, our church still supports 1,000 children who are untouchables in India. These are children who were enslaved in mines. They've been sold into sexual slavery. You know, over in India, there are even places where they auction children for organ transplants. It's unimaginable that we think this could really go on, but I can absolutely promise you it goes on. In fact, they recently rescued 800 children under cover of night from a new mine, but three of the rescuers were killed in the process. But the battle for the gospel is raging in India. And you know what? It's raging in here as well, but it just has a smile on its face so far. It hasn't become violent. So we have a partner we've worked with now for years. And this partner, although we're supporting 1,000 children, he's supporting 7,700 children and growing. Because women will bring children so that their children don't have to end up entering prostitution. Pray about supporting. We work with Set Free Alliance. Pray about giving here at the church and, and we give a considerable amount of money to support these kids. But why don't you take on a few yourself directly? Because it's a great need. And I can promise you this is a worthy ministry in India. You know, we've also provided clean drinking water to over 30,000 people in Uganda. And we'll increase planting churches in both Uganda and in Peru along the Amazon River. 
We care for others in our community and the world through our outreach ministry. And I'm proud to say that Brookwood gives almost one third of what it collects to outreach so that the gospel can be spread locally and abroad. It's over $2.3 million. And so I'm proud that we give that much, but you know what? I wish we gave over half away. And maybe we will. If God moves us to give and become more generous, we can become more generous. There's an outreach display in the concourse there on the coffee bar, and it highlights our missions throughout the world. You might wanna take a peek. The total ministry plan is over 7.6 million. It's a 4% increase from last year. You think we can reach it? Oh no, not with that much enthusiasm. <laughs> Do you think we can reach it? Yes. If everybody does their part, we can exceed it and have more to give away. Question and answer session. You say, I want to know more about this budget. I'm, you know, my background is I like to just look at everything. Well, there's a question and answer session, 2 p.m. next Sunday in Pod I, and then we'll vote on the 25th following the services. So if you're not already part of Brookwood Church, even if you've been here a while, I invite you to take a step to belong, to become a part of this church called Brookwood. This is a good church, a church with great people who love God and love people authentically. You know, I've been part of this church 29 years and I intend to continue to be. Even after my role changes, which my role is going to change sometime next summer and there'll be a new lead pastor, but nobody's chasing me off. So I'll still be here, but we may have someone a little, that looks a little younger than me to lead some of the, the young folks. And I'll still be for all of those that have been around before computers. <laughs> Our succession planning team has been meeting for over two years, you see them. Interviews have been conducted by this succession planning team and by our advisory team of pastors and trustees, and you see them. Two of our pastors are candidates, JC and Josh, and there's another outside candidate who will preach here in October. So pray and fast with us as we seek not our will, not our preference, God's will, God's preference. There's a great year of ministry planned we would love for you to become involved. Today, immediately after this service, we have a community group and a ministry sampler. That's why all those tables were out there when you came in. So you can gain information about where are some Bible study groups in the community? Where are large groups meeting that meet in the building? What about opportunities to serve? You can gain information. There's an insert in your program that has a map that tells you where everything's located. And if you say, well, I'm, I would like to join this church, or at least I'd like to kick the tires. Well, we have a membership class today, three o'clock right here. You don't have to join if you come. You can come and ask questions. You can listen. And if you've been around here a while and never joined up and belong, show up today. We will not embarrass you. Hebrews 10.25 says this, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now 
that the day of Jesus' return is drawing near. You know, I usually don't say this, but I do think it's drawing near. I think the signs in the culture are appearing at a rapid rate. What do you want Jesus to find you doing when he arrives? Let's pray. Lord, help each of us to find our place in your body, the church. Help us to value belonging and growing and serving and sharing, lifting up each other's burdens and spreading good news. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Next week, we'll begin a new series titled Spiritual Warfare. To prepare, read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14. You can watch a video of this week's message, listen to worship, or even search through the message archives. Visit brookwoodchurch.org slash media or download the Brookwood Church app. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date with the upcoming Spiritual Warfare series. Thanks for listening and have a great week.